sometimes I go astray and uh, I recall how was my life on the 6th of October before all this happened. And uh, I think I'm in a nightmare, which I hope I can wake up from. I'm David Knowles, and this is a bonus episode of Battle Lines. Terrorist group Hamas unleashed pure, unadulterated evil in the world. But sadly, the Jewish people know perhaps better than anyone that there is no limit to the depravity of people when they want to inflict pain on others. Like every place I go, I go run away and I just find bombs and I find dead people. And like maybe one day I'll end up like them, but it's a really scary thing for me. <laughs> people telling me that, you know, mostly this is about Hamas, but they're also angry with absolutely everybody. I'm begging the world to bring my baby back home. For weeks now, we've been covering the deteriorating situation in Gaza as Israeli strikes and fierce fighting between the IDF and Hamas destroy buildings, infrastructure and lives. To get an idea of what life is like on the ground, we contacted our journalist and fixer, Siham Shamalakh, who lives in Gaza. Siham has been essential in The Telegraph's journalism and we're hugely grateful to her finding the time to speak to us. To explain quickly, we weren't able to jump on a call with Siham, so we sent her questions via WhatsApp that she answered also on WhatsApp. The following interview is created from our questions and Siham's answers. Here is Siham Shamalakh. Hi, folks. Thank you for having me. Hi, Siham. Thanks so much for your time. Could you start by telling us about yourself and your work in Gaza? I'm Siham Shamalakh. I'm 47 years old. I live in Gaza City. I'm a journalist, translator and fixer. I have been working with The Telegraph for the past couple of years and I work with other publications as well. Uh, I have two sons and I'm married. Siham, can you describe your movements over the past few weeks? Where have you been and what have you seen? Since 7 October, my life has turned upside down. Following the Hamas attack on the Israeli border, we have been experiencing heavy airstrikes in the Gaza Strip, not only in Gaza City, but in the whole Gaza Strip. The Israeli forces, they requested us to relocate from the area we were living in. Uh, I thought that would take about two days or so, so I went to a hotel with my family, I stayed there for two days, and they said that it was UN clear, so um, we thought we would be safe there. So we went there, and then they started heavy airstrikes all around in the area. Uh, Israeli forces also, they called the administration of the hotel, and they asked them that we should go to the basement because there are going to be heavy airstrikes. We stayed for one day in the basement, and uh, the hotel was destroyed. Um, we left under heavy airstrike and we headed to Gaza City. As soon as I arrived home, I found everybody there down in the street. The Israeli forces, uh, they said that all the people of Gaza and the northern Gaza, they have to go south. So we were in a hurry and we were scared, we were afraid. I myself, I just took a small bag and uh, the most important documents and uh, we went to the south. We didn't know where we are going, but we just headed south. And there we found a kind of shelter house. It's a building with uh, about seven floors. We stayed in one flat. We are sharing this flat with six families. 
the situation here in this flat is terrible. I mean, we have no power, no water supply, and we suffered internet blackouts two times. We thought we would be staying here for about one week, three, four days. We never imagined that we we're going to stay here for all this time. We thought we would be more safe here in the south, uh, like the Israeli forces told us, but it wasn't like that. We heard airstrikes. It was a bit more calm than in Gaza, but it was still dangerous. There was no power, so I had to find somewhere to go to charge my mobile and uh, my laptop, and um, it was very difficult. At the beginning, I had to work. I worked in the street because I had to catch a signal, a network signal, and then I found another way out. I, I could secure an internet connection in order to um, follow my work and to resume my work. I was working under stress because the airstrikes were were close and they were also far. The situation was very chaotic here in this place where I'm staying, but I managed to do my work. And uh, I also suffered other things. We suffered to get bread. We suffered to go to the markets. It was not safe. I had some cash and the prices were very expensive here in, in the South were getting high. I mean, all prices were were rising, but we managed, we managed to get some food for the day. And I have been staying here since then. Siham, you're also an Egyptian citizen. And unlike many people in Gaza, that gives you the right to leave the Gaza Strip through the Rafah crossing. Just to give a bit of context to our listeners, the Rafah crossing is a checkpoint on the southern border with Egypt. It's where foreign nationals, as well as aid, usually transit to and from the Gaza Strip. Siham, Just before the attack, you've been planning on travelling to Egypt. Can you tell us more about what it's been like trying to get through at Rafah? I was getting ready to go to Egypt to visit my mother, who unfortunately died. Uh, I couldn't even say farewell to her. Due to heavy airstrikes, I was afraid to go outside home, and uh, I, I, I decided not to go to Egypt because I was supposed to go alone, not with my family. So I was scared for their lives, and I decided to stay with them. On the 10th of October, I decided to go again to the Rafah border crossing and to take my family. But unfortunately, there was a very close airstrike and uh, the crossing closed down. And um, the administrators there and the officers, they told us that we have to evacuate the crossing. So we returned back to Gaza. We've heard so much about Israeli airstrikes and bombardments on Gaza. Would you explain to our audience, who will almost certainly not have experienced aerial bombardment, what is it like? What happens? What can you do? What do you do? Airstrikes are the worst thing you could ever experience in your life. I mean, we we have survived four wars before, but this one was the most, the most brutal war we as Gazans and Palestinians living in the Gaza Strip have experienced. I mean, in, in previous wars, we never evacuated our homes. We never suffered um, power cuts and water supplies. We heard their strikes. It, they were fearful, but they were not like this one. The new thing in this war was the first time we could we experienced the, the fire belts. It's like an earthquake hitting the place. We panicked. Actually, we panicked during airstrikes. We have no shelters. We are staying at home, and we are hearing the explosions, and we are screaming, crying, little children scream and cry, 
and uh, even the elderly, uh, they are afraid we are humans. So we could do nothing but stay where we are and try not to go outside because you don't know when the second rocket is going to hit. We heard rockets being fired from Gaza and rockets falling on Gaza. But of course, the, the Israeli airstrikes were very powerful. They were very strong and very fearful. They left a lot of psychological impact on us as humans. You cannot imagine, you cannot imagine how horrible these airstrikes were. You have seen on TV or on the news, you have seen the mass destruction that occurred in Gaza due to these airstrikes. So um, I cannot... I cannot explain to you more than that, except that we were really scared, afraid, and also we grieved for the loss of a lot of our friends and our loved ones. I mean, I myself, I, I heard on the news that a lot of my friends were killed in airstrikes. They were not terrorists, they were civilians and some neighbors. We lost neighbors, we lost friends, we lost loved ones. I lost some family members. We couldn't believe what was going on. We, I think we, we are in a nightmare. Until now, I don't believe that we are in this situation. We have reached to this situation because sometimes I go astray and uh, I recall how was my life on the 6th of October before all this happened. And uh, I think I'm in a nightmare, which I hope I can wake up from. What misconceptions about life right now in Gaza are there that you would want to correct for our listeners? Despite this horrible situation that we have been going through since the 7th of October, we try to keep ourselves safe and we try to live. We try to accommodate ourselves in this new lifestyle. And uh, we were still having hope that we could return home one day. I mean... All of us, we longed for a ceasefire, an immediate ceasefire, pause of all these fatalities, and it never happened, but we never lost hope. We kept hoping that it could happen one day. Whenever we could, we watched the news, we were monitoring the positions of the Arab states and the West, but their positions were very weak in comparison to what happened in Gaza. We thought that we could find more support We could see more support from the West and from the Arab countries, but this never happened. What happens now for you? What do the next few days, weeks look like? Actually, I I thought that I have to leave at least for one or two months until I, I see what's going to happen here in Gaza. I wanted to stay in a safe place and uh, to keep my family safe as well. So uh, when I heard that they're going to evacuate the foreigners from Gaza Strip and the Egyptians... I kept waiting to see my name on the list, but this never happened until now. And I hope every day I follow the list of names which are published, but I never find my name. I'm waiting for this day. When this happens, I'm going to go to Egypt to stay for a while because I'm really suffering here. Can you imagine that we haven't showered for more than one month? It's very difficult to take a shower now. Now it's getting cold and we don't have enough blankets, we don't have jackets, we don't have winter clothes, because when we left, it was summer, and we never imagined that we are going to stay until the winter, it's winter. So, um, you really have to pay a lot to get 
uh, winter clothes for yourself and for your family. Plus, you need to get food and you need to get clothes and you, you are living a terrible life. You don't have an income as well. You can go to the bank. You can do many things. The life we used to live has completely changed. I mean, before the war, Gaza was a nice place to live in, except for the fighting which occurred from time to time, but it was not that strong, they were not that powerful, they were not that fearful, so we could live and we could tolerate the situation despite the blockade and despite the humanitarian crisis that we have been facing here in Gaza for almost 17 years, but life was okay and we could tolerate that situation. Now it's intolerable. If you would want to leave our listeners with just one thing from everything you've said, what would that be? I believe that we are humans here living in Gaza. We are not animals like uh, Mr. Netanyahu described us. We are not animals. We are humans who love life and who want to live. But we also do want our rights. I mean, we have been going in negotiations for dozens of years and they they were not fruitful, and we have seen no results from these negotiations. So, um, I mean, the, the resistance here in Gaza, they have got their point of view, and they have their own tactics to achieve their rights, as they say. I'm not supporting what happened on the 7th of October because I brought all this hell to Gaza. But I think that both parties are responsible for what happened here. The misunderstanding of the West is that we are terrorists. I don't like to hear people saying that the Palestinians are terrorists. We are not terrorists. We are humans. And we have the right to live and we have the right to take our rights and to have our land and to have our state. If all these issues are resolved, I think there will be peace in Gaza and Israel and everybody's going to live in peace. Siham Shmalek, thank you so much for your time and we do hope you're safe. Battle Lines is an original podcast from The Telegraph. To stay on top of all of our news, analysis and dispatches from the ground in Israel and Gaza, subscribe to The Telegraph or sign up to Dispatches, which brings stories from our award-winning foreign correspondents straight to your inbox. We also have a live blog on our website where you can follow updates as they come in throughout the day, including insights from contributors to this podcast. If you appreciated the podcast, please consider following Battle Lines on your preferred podcast app. And if you have a moment, leave a review as it helps others find the show. As disinformation is a particular problem during conflict, we are relying on your support more than ever. Battle Lines is part of wider Telegraph foreign coverage in our podcasts. If you're interested in finding out more about the war in Ukraine, you can listen to Battle Lines' sister podcast, Ukraine the Latest. This episode of Battle Lines was edited and produced by Louisa Wells and Adelie Pochman-Ponte. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.